brings me a lot of pleasure today to invite Pastor Clive to, um, to the pulpit here at Waddle City Church. Come on down, Clive. Clive's been... How long have you been... How long have you been ministering for, Clive? Uh, uh, 28 years. 28 years. Nearly half my life. <laughs> Fantastic. What a great testimony that is. Yeah. That's really, really good. Yeah, I've got no idea what you're going to preach about today. That's good. We have <laughs> faith and confidence. That's it. And, uh, and welcome. Yeah, welcome. And uh, go for it. Thanks, Stuart. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave my phone there. It's recording the message. Oh, right. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. Good. Thanks, Clive. I, um, Stuart and I have known each other for quite a number of years. We've worked together in the ministry here, and it's uh, it's great to be it's great to be with you guys this morning. You're my friends. It's got to be ministering to friends, isn't it? Praise God! So it's great to be here this morning. Now, I want to talk about um, the subject is the cause. Water there, if you know. Uh, thanks, Stuart. And if you'd like to open up to 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, I'm going to read verses 25 to 32. 1 Samuel 17, 25 to 32. And I'll just uh, pray as you open up the word. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to minister today. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to every one of our hearts. I know, Lord, you speak to us uh, separately and you speak to us uh, individually and you speak to us specifically because, Lord, of our, our, our journey in life, where we are in you, Lord, how we understand your word. But I pray, Lord, that this word this morning will strike a chord in every individual's heart today. And, Lord, that they will receive something from you today. They'll go away different. They'll go away, Lord, inspired, and they'll go away more committed, Lord, in your service. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 25 says, reading from the New International Version. Um, Now, the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy defy, uh, Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from the taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, This is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and he asked, Why have you come down here and with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David. This is the younger brother. Now what have I done, said David. Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, 
Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Ah. The sermon title this morning is, Is There Not a Cause? Right now, there's a, a lot of words in the Hebrew and the Greek that are translated cause. I just want to focus on two of them. Now, in the NIV, in verse 29, David says, Now what have I done? Can't I even speak? That's the NIV translation. In the King James Version, David says, Is there not a cause? All right? Now, we use the word cause in two different ways. For instance, if I, if I have this bottle of water and I, and, and I knock the bottle over with my hand and it falls on the floor, um, the cause of the bottle falling on the floor was my hand knocking it. Okay? That's what we call the law of cause and effect. Right? You get a puncture in your tyre and you get the tyre fixed, you realise there's a nail in the tyre. The cause of the puncture was the nail in the tyre. Okay? That's cause and effect. This, what David was saying, I believe, in, from the context is, is there not a cause? This Philistine is defying the armies of the living God. Now, we use the word cause also in a legal sense. We fight for the cause, you see. Now, I was just uh, reading uh, last night uh, uh, William Wilberforce, and in the uh, 19th century, for 20 years... He fought slavery and he fought it in the, in the floor of the House of Commons in the British Parliament and he kept reintroducing the bill to ban slavery right, in the British Commonwealth, to ban the use of British ships being used to transport slaves and trading slaves. The, the treatment of the slaves was horrific. 10% of slaves died in transit. On the ships, they were shackled, they were abused. They were, it was so horrific. And he was a strong Christian and he fought for the cause of the freedom of slaves. That's the cause, you see. That's the legal sense of the cause. And I believe David was saying, is there not a cause? And we've got to understand as Christians that we have to fight for the cause. So the scripture says, for this cause was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. Why did Jesus come? To destroy the works of the evil one. And to give us eternal life. To pay the price for our sin. That was the cause. And here's the army of Israel and Saul, head and shoulders above every other man in the nation. Right, The king, the leader, hiding, not willing to face Goliath. And here we see, right, the army of Israel hiding in the rocks, right, and in the caves because Goliath comes out and he's challenging the army of Israel and he's a little shepherd boy who comes out and says, I'll fight him. Is there not a cause? See? The cause was he was defying the armies of the living God. We are the armies of the living God. And he's an uncircumcised Philistine and we're running away from him. Is there not a cause? See? And even his older brother tried to shut him up and he said, and he just asked somebody else. You see? Is there not a cause? There's a legal sense that we use the word cause. Now, you know the story of David and Goliath. We go to verse uh, 45 to 48. All right? David said to the Philistines, I love this passage of scripture. This, I just love this. 
This brings the, the fight that's in this brings this out of me. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Now, why did David say that? Right? You see, we, we tend to look, and people tend to look always on the natural. Right. Oh, look at the size of his sword. Look at the size of his spear. Look how big he is. Right? And the armies of Israel were looking at the natural, but David was looking at the spiritual. You see? See, David saw that this Philistine, Goliath, was challenging the name of the Lord Almighty. He was, he was challenging the, the armies of the Lord God. And that's why David said, it's not by sword or spear that I'm going to win this battle, but in the name of the Lord. You see, David saw the whole thing as a spiritual con- conflict, whereas, whereas the, nation, the armies of Israel saw only from the natural. Now, if you go to Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse um, 10 to 18, we get the, the passage there in Ephesians about the armour of God. Now, um, most of you are very familiar with this. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse uh, 10. Paul says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against... Right Now this is David, see? David said it. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full arm of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to take your stand, uh, take, stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand, therefore, then with the belt of truth tucked around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. But Paul tells us that we need to put on the, the whole armour of God. Now, I'm saying to you this morning that David had the armour of God on him. He understood this principle that Paul details for us in Ephesians chapter 6. Right? See, Paul says that there, there, are, there are thrones and dominions and principalities and powers in the heavens... Right? that are fighting against the people of God, fighting against the work of God, 
fighting against what God wants to do. There's actually a conflict of kingdoms. See, there's the kingdom of heaven and there's the kingdom of Satan. Right? When, when, uh, when they challenged Jesus about him casting out demons, they said, you're casting out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. Jesus says, I can't do that. He said, if Satan casts out Satan, his kingdom cannot stand. So Satan's got a kingdom, you see? And if he's got a kingdom, there's kings. And, and in his Satan's kingdom, there's thrones, there's rulers, and there's, there's, there's uh, uh, dominions of, 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 um, of uh, authority, and there's, there's principalities, and there's, there's different levels of power, right, in Satan's kingdom. And see, David understood this, and that's why he said, this, is, this battle's the Lord's. You are defying the armies of the living God, right? See, we tend to think, oh, the armies of the living God were, were, um, were just the armies of Israel. God's got heavenly armies, you see? And when Goliath is defying the armies of the living God and, and speaking his gods and his names, right? He's defying the armies of the living God, you see? Now, the scripture, um, the scripture says in Ephesians 6 that we've got to put the belt of truth on, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. And we've got to pray on all occasions with this in mind. Right? This is a mental thing. Okay? We'll always be praying. Now, keep this in mind. I want you, my challenge this morning is, we are fighting for the cause. This is a spiritual thing, so we've got to keep this in mind. Now, what armour did David have on, right? Well, first of all, he tried to put on Saul's armour, right? Now, there's a guy who lives down the road from me, and he actually, he's, he's made uh, coats of mail. And he's made uh, swords and daggers. And he used to, um, he used to uh, sort of show them and operate them at Cryle Castle at Ballarat. You know, the old medieval stuff. Well, anyway, I was down at his house one day and I said, can I try on this coat of mail? Now, he put this coat of mail on me. How they even, how they even walked in it? I don't know. It's just so heavy, you know, this coat of mail. And lift his sword up, this sword, I had trouble even lifting the thing. Now you can see the old medieval context where they, they put the, uh, the knight on the horse. They had to lift him on with a, with a crane, right? It's so heavy, how they even fought in it, I don't know, right? And so Saul puts on David his shield and his armour, and David said, I can't. He said, I can't fight in this, right? See, Saul's trying to take David back to the natural. Right? But David understood that this was spiritual. Right? And so David went out with the armour of the Lord on, not natural armour. So David put aside Saul's shield and Saul's sword and Saul's armour. He put that aside and he went out with the armour of the Lord on. Now, what was... David's armour. Well, first of all, what was his belt of truth? David said, <coughs> Goliath, he said, there's a God in Israel. This is the truth. Right? There's a God in Israel whom you are defying. Right? And we can understand how Christianity is based on truth. It's not based on feeling. 
It's based on truth. Was there a historical Jesus? Yes. <coughs> right? Was he a good man? Yes. Was he the Son of God? Yes. Right? Because if he wasn't the Son of God, he was a liar. Because he said he was the Son of God. You see? And it was C.S. Lewis who said, when you examine Christianity, you examine who Jesus is, you've got to understand that he was, he was either... He was either a... Um, a, uh, lunatic. a lunatic, a liar, or a... What was the other one? Or he was who he said he was. Yeah, or he was who he said he was. He was who he said he was. Well, Jesus wasn't a liar, right? And he wasn't a lunatic, because anybody allowed himself to be crucified for something that wasn't true, or wasn't real, was an idiot, right? So he wasn't a lunatic, right? He's what he's, he was the son of God. And our Christianity is based on truth. Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose again from the third day and he's coming back again. And he defeated Satan at the cross. He crushed Satan's head. He's taken the power from the devil, right? But the devil is still not in hell. He's still the prince of the power of the air, right? He's still yet to be cast out of the heavens. That's in the book of Revelation. There's war in heaven, right? And the angels... Fought against the devil and his angels. And it says in Revelation, there was found no place for them in heaven. And the devil was cast onto the earth. And he was very angry because, right, because he knew his time was short. And then later on we find in the book of Revelation that the devil is taken and he's put in the bottomless pit. And then after that he's let go for a little short while. And he tests the nations again and gets a, you know, gets a following. And God destroys them with fire out from heaven. This is Revelation 20, 20, I think, or 21. And then he's cast into the lake of fire. So the devil's going down, right? But at the moment, he's the prince of the power of the air. And he works in the children of disobedience. So there's a conflict going on. You wonder why sometimes things happen and you get set up, you know? <laughs> the devil sits you up, right? And so we can have this armour of God. Who is Jesus? Is he who he said he is? Is he the all-powerful one? Does he give us, does he lead us by his Holy Spirit? Does he give us the power to overcome? Yes, he does. Right? Now, this is truth, right? So you live in the truth, okay? Now, did David have the breastplate of righteousness on? Was he righteous? David knew who he was, right? He was righteous. He said, I am, I am a son of Abraham. I am of the circumcision. That's an uncircumcised Philistine, right? He's out of the covenant of God. He's not, he, he, we would say he's a heathen, right? David said, I'm, of the, I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm of the circumcision. I'm of the son of Abraham. I'm under the covenant. I'm under the covenant blessing, right? God's got his hand on me, right? right? You see, do you know who you are in God? See? Have you have you got that have you got that that uh, breastplate of righteousness on? You 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 you're not unsure of your salvation. You know you're born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know that you you're going to heaven. That's that's righteous. That's confidence that you have in God. You see, David also had his food uh, his feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He said, "I'm going to bring peace into this situation." He said, "I am going to." 
Kill you, Goliath. I'm going to cut off your head. And I am going to destroy all the armies of the Philistines. No longer will you be our overlords. No longer will you be harassing us. No longer will you be stealing our animals and burning our crops. No longer will we be paying tribute to you and taxes. I am going to bring peace into Israel. We should be a people of peace. We've got the Prince of Peace in our hearts. We should not be stressed. Right? We should know where we're going in the Lord. We've got the peace of God that passes all understanding. We say, thank you, Jesus. I know your hand upon me. Oh, but, but Pastor Clive, you don't understand. Things aren't going the right way in my life. And I say, now, let's hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. The things didn't go all the right way in Joseph's life, but he had a peace about it. He knew that God's hand was upon him. He knew, no matter what situation, he knew God's hand was upon him. And eventually, Joseph got elevated to the prime ministership of Egypt and he saved his whole family. You see, if you walk every day in the peace of God, you don't let the, the individual knee-jerk, reactive issues of life destabilise you. You see? Now, this is a, a tremendous... This was a David, right... Here's the, the armies of Israel hiding from the Philistines, right? This is a major crisis in the nation, right? And here's this shepherd boy who says, I am going to bring peace into this. I'm going to fix this situation. See, is there not a cause? See, is there not a cause? I'm going to, is there, faith. What about faith? Did David have the shield of faith? <laughs> he said, I will strike you down and I'm going to cut off your head, Goliath. Right? I believe it. That's faith. I'm going to do it. You know? I believe, right? God's going to give me the ability to do that. That's faith. And we walk in faith. You now, see, people say to me, Pastor Clive, what's the, what's the difference between faith and hope? Well, I'll tell you the difference, right? Uh, if I get on the train to go down to Melbourne, right? If I get on the train to go down to Melbourne, my hope is that I will reach Melbourne. I, I, that that train's going to take me to Melbourne. Right? I haven't got there yet, right? But, but I'm going to get there. That's hope. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to get there, right? My destination is Melbourne. I'm going to get there, right? That's hope. Faith is I get on the right train and I, and I, I walk the journey, I travel the train. So your faith is your daily walk in the Lord. You're trusting in the Lord. You're believing in the Lord. You're reading the word, right? You're, you're fighting the devil, right? You're doing all that. That's your faith, right? Your hope is, praise God, and one day I'm going to be in that, that city, that new Jerusalem. I'm going to be with yeah. Jesus. Hallelujah. One day there'll be no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain for the form of things have passed away. You know? That's the hope, is it? So David had faith. He had faith. He said, I'm going to cut off your head. Now, what about the, the, the salvation, right? We have the salvation of the sword of the spirit, right? And David said, you know, he said, listen, Goliath, it's not by sword or spear that God saves, right? right? It's in the name of the Lord. It's the name of the Lord, you see? The sword of the spirit, right? Right? Against you. David said, I'm coming against you, Goliath, in the name of the Lord Almighty. Now, it's interesting when we read Revelation 19, 15 to 16, when Jesus returns, it says, out of his mouth comes a sharp sword and he will rule with an iron scepter. His name is the word of God. 
And verse 16 says, he is king of kings and lord of lords. It's the name. I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Right? The Lord of hosts. You see, we see the battle from the natural viewpoint. But Paul says, look at the spiritual viewpoint. There is a cause. And so the two aspects of the word cause, you know, things happen in this world because sometimes the cause is people make the wrong decision, the devil incites people, you know, starts, stirs them up, right? There's a cause. But the cause we have is to fight the devil, fight the spiritual battles. See, behind the natural, there is a spiritual goings on. Now, for instance, uh, in um, Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, we won't read that because we're running out of time. But the ruler of the kingdom of the air, Paul says, works in those who are disobedient. And he goes on to say, but we have been raised up with Christ and seated with him in heavenly realms. So the devil is flat out working on people who are disobedient, people who are unsaved. The devil whispers in their ears, tells them, do this, do that, you know, right? And it causes trouble. The evil in the world, right? That's why Satan's called the ruler of this world. That's why Satan said to Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness, if you bow down to me and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. You see, he's influencing people. He's influencing politicians. He's influencing nations, right? That's how the devil works. And, but Paul goes on to say that we, us Christians, have been created to do good works. God's prepared in, a, in advance for us to do. In other words, he wants us to fight for the cause. You see? see, there are a lot of people sitting in churches like the armies of Israel. They're hiding uh, from the Philistines in the rocks and the caves when they should be out doing what David's doing, fighting for the cause. They're not doing anything. In fact, they're disobedient to the scripture. They're created to do good works. And we these causes, like fight for the cause of the unborn, fight for the cause of, of um, yeah, yeah, abortion, fight for the cause of freedom of speech, fight for the cause of uh, the Christian family and Christian principles. You know, there's, there's causes everywhere that we are to be active in, right, because we are created to do good works. William Wilberforce, a strong Christian, right, in the, in the House of Commons in the 19th century in the British Parliament, for 20 years he fought for the cause of the freedom of the slaves. And he eventually won it. You see? Great men of God. So there's a conflict of kingdoms. Now I'm going to give you some examples. In Daniel 10, 1 to 20, and Daniel 11, 1, right, it gives us this instance. Daniel is, is praying for his people Israel, right? And uh, he's, he's praying there and uh, he's praying for three weeks. He's fasting and praying for three weeks. And finally the angel appears to him and says, Daniel, God heard your prayer the first day you prayed. That was 21 days ago. And God sent me, this is the angel, to... To, uh, to answer your prayer. But he said, I was delayed for three weeks by the prince of Persia. That was an evil angel who was more powerful than the angel that was coming to give 
the message to Daniel. Wow. This is conflict in the heavens. This is warfare in the heavens. And the angel said, it wasn't until Michael, the archangel, come and gave me help that I actually got through. And he gave Daniel the answer. To, to gave him the vision. You see? And then the angel said, now I've got to go and fight the Prince of Persia. And the Prince of Persia wasn't the natural king of Persia. It was the evil angel, evil angel that was influencing the Persian Empire. You see? And when you're praying, you know, we, we pray for our politicians, we pray for our governments, we pray for that. Understand that there's spiritual conflict going on in the heavens, right? The devil wants to destroy the church. He wants to destroy Christianity. He wants to destroy the Judeo-Christian ethic that's in our society. Right? And we've got to pray against that. Right? Warfare. Warfare in the heavens. Another instance in 1 Chronicles 21-3. to Satan incited David to number Israel. And he said, I, I want to number all the fighting men. No, I, I want to see how big my army is. He wasn't trusting in the Lord. He was, you know. And Job, his, his chief uh, general, said, don't do it, David. It's wrong. And David said, well, I want to do it anyway. Right? And you read, that is a very interesting instance. I'm going to do it anyway. And David said, look, may the Lord multiply your soldiers a hundredfold. He said, but don't do it. David said, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Took Job nine months to go throughout the land and number all the fighting men of Israel. And then the prophet comes to, to David and says, uh, Thus says the Lord, you've sinned. Right? You don't trust me. Now, I'm going to give you a three, three months where you're going to be running from your enemies. I'm going to give you what, three, uh, three days of. Uh, three, three months, the enemies. Three weeks of plague. And, uh, or three, no, three days of plague, three weeks of famine. Or th- no, three years of famine. Three years of famine, three months of running from your enemies, or three weeks of plague. And David said, give me the plague. I'd rather fall in the hands of the living God because you're merciful. You know? You see? Satan incited David. Right? The Goliath slayer. Number the, number the, see? And David realised he'd done the wrong thing. You read the, uh, the story of uh, Ahab in 1 Kings 22, 1 to 39. Right? Ahab uh, wants to go to battle and wants Jehoshaphat to go with him, the, the king of Judah. And uh, all the prophets are prophesying. Go up, Ahab, you'll prophesy. And then finally, uh, and Micaiah comes in, a godly prophet. And he says, I'll tell you, Ahab, exactly what happens in the heavens See, this is the spiritual battle. What happens in the heavens? He said, he said there was a discussion in heaven and God said, who's going to persuade Ahab to go up to fight so he will be killed? Right? And that was to fulfil the prophecies of Elijah. Who will, who will go out to fight? And one spirit says this and one spirit says that and one spirit says, I'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of Ahab's prophets. And God said, well, go up and do that because you will prosper. Ahab will listen to a lying spirit. <clears throat> and Ahab got angry, and he said, uh, "He said, uh, put uh, Micaiah in uh, prison, feed him with bread and water, 
until I come back safely. And Micaiah said, if you come back safely, I have not prophesied the word of the Lord. You never come back safely. You read the battle, you know. In the battle it says there a, a soldier by random drew his bow and fired an arrow. By random. And it pierced Ahab in the back between the joints of his armour. And he bled to death. The dogs licked up the blood of Ahab. Right? In Jezreel, exactly as Ahab had prophesied. You see, there, there are lying spirits in the heavens. There's the human spirit, right? You know? When Micaiah first came in, he said, Yes, Ahab, gallop, you will prosper. And Ahab said, Hang on a minute. I really want to know what the Lord says. And he says, Now I'll really tell you what the Lord says. There's human spirit. People, people can prophesy out of human spirit, they can prophesy out of their mind, whatever they think. People who prophesy out of lying spirits, devil inspired spirits. And people who can prophesy out of the Holy Spirit, bring the true word of the Lord. See, this is all, this is all spiritual conflict in the heavens. See? And, and David saw this when he, when he took on Goliath. You see? Here's another instance. Goliath in 2 Kings 6 15 to 18. Uh, the whole city is surrounded by the Syrians or the Arameans. And. and uh, Elisha's servant said, he said, look, we're trapped. And he says, Lord, open up his eyes and let him see. And God opened up his eyes and the servant saw that the heavens filled with the chariots of the Lord and the horsemen thereof. See? Spiritual warfare. He opened up his eyes into the spirit. You see? Second Samuel 5.23, David's about to attack the Philistines. He says, Lord, will I attack the Philistines? And the Lord says, yes, here's your plan of attack. Hide in the bushes. When you hear the sound of the army going in the balsam trees, is then, you, then you know the armies of the Lord are going ahead of you. Then attack and you'll win the battle. It's spiritual warfare again, right? In the heavens. Yeah? Uh, here's another one. Judas, John 13.2. Right? The Bible says, the devil prompted Judas. Then in John 13.27 it says, Satan entered into him. There's a progression. You see? Spiritual empathy. People, Judas, Judas was the treasurer of the disciples, and the Bible says he had his money in the hand in the bag. You know, as he's stealing money out of the, out of the, out of the disciples' uh, slush fund. You see? The, the devil works on the minds of the children of disobedience. Right? What about this the last one? What about Job 1 6 and 9, Job 2 1 to 7? The angels come before the Lord, and Satan came with them. And God said, what are you doing, Satan? He said, I'm walking to and fro across the earth, right? And he, God says, well, have you seen my servant Job? He's righteous in all the earth. And, and the devil says, you're only protecting I can't touch him. You put a hedge of fire around the bed. He said, you remove the hedge of fire. I said, I bet he'll curse you. And God said, no, he won't. The devil said, yes, he will. God said, no, he won't. The devil said, yes, he will. So God said, well, okay then. I'll take the hedge of fire away from him, as you'll see. It was a test. Poor right? Job was the meat and the sandwich. It was a test between God and the devil. And God was proven there are people who no matter what the trial, their faith is so strong and they trust the Lord that they will not be moved. You see? You know the story. And so I, I bring all that to, to share with you that, and my time's gone, to share with you that there is a spiritual conflict and we have to look behind things that are happening in your life. Have a look behind that. 
right? Rather than looking at the natural and worrying about this, look at the spiritual behind it and pray. With this mind, let this mind be in you and pray. Remember? Right? David had right? the belt of truth. He had the shield of faith. He had the breastplate of righteousness. Right? He had the sword of the spirit. Right? Now, so at the moment, Satan is free to tempt us. Right? You know the story of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. But, you know, Satan will be flat out to try and stop the cause. 1 Peter 5.8, Peter says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion, roaring lion, looking to devour. Right? And so we've got to be like David. We fight Satan. The cause is, as Jesus said, to destroy the works of the evil one. For this reason was the Son of God manifest. 1 John 3, 8. Right, so how do we fight the cause? Right, just quickly, 2 Corinthians tw- Chronicles 20, 1 to 20. Jehoshaphat is confronted by the armies of Moab and Ammon. And, and, and the first response is fear, right? Yeah. Fear. That's like, like Saul and the Israelites are hiding in the rocks in the mountain. Fear, you know, they're running away. But what Jehoshaphat did, without of the fear, he went to prayer. So rather than letting fear overwhelm you, you pray. You open up the scripture. You read the word. The third step that came to Jehoshaphat was he heard the word from God. The prophet came to him. You don't, don't need to fight this battle. Hear the word of God. Word come to him. Then, as you know, the battle was fought and they, the uh, armies fought against one another and when Jehoshaphat came he didn't have, even have to fight the battle they took three days taking the spoil and he went back right um, sorry before that uh, he went into the uh, he went before he put singers in front of the army and they marched to the battle praising and worshipping in the Lord and the God went before them here's the armies of heaven again God went before them and the armies fought amongst themselves and they, uh, it was wrought a great victory. And then Joshua went back to the temple of the Lord, giving thanks and praise and worship and testimony to God. Now that's the formula, right? Fear might come upon you, you pray, you get the word of the Lord, you go into the situation in praise and worship, then God will give you the victory, then you come back and give God thanks. Right? So Jesus came to bring us back to God. That was his cause. Redemption and atonement. Praise God that Jesus come and fought for the cause. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we will be encouraged, Lord, to not fear, but to fight, to fight the cause, to see the spiritual forces behind Whatever comes against us, whether it's sickness, Lord, whether it's family, Lord, whether it's uh, even a spouse, uh, whether it's uh, employment, a job, Lord, whatever it is, may we have a spiritual insight behind it. May we seek your face in prayer, in the word of God. May we go into the situation in praise and worship, and then we will see 
the glorious hand of God working on our behalf. Lord, equip us, Lord, we pray, to fight the cause. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much, Lord. A good message, folks. That's very good. And uh, thank you, Clive, for that. We certainly are soldiers in the army of God. And um, we must fight for the cause. The effect is favour with God. The effect is the blessing of God. The effect is having your name written in the book. The effect is going to heaven. The effect is part of the New Jerusalem. But right now, we fight for the cause, for the sake of the gospel. We're going to sing once again the same song that we began with. Spirit of God is moving. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.